Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is tax season. Exciting stuff, right? So I have a question for you. When did the U.S. initiate the first version of our current tax system? Take a guess. Think about it for a second. And here's your answer. The Revenue Act of 1913 imposed a 1% tax on incomes above $3,000. So 1% above $3,000 with a top tax rate of 6% on those earning more than $500,000 per year. Back then, that was an incredible amount of money. And approximately 3% of the population was subject to income tax at all. Okay, there was an earlier version at some point during the Civil War. We're not going to get into the whole history of taxes, but from that time on, People have tried to figure out how to reduce, how to minimize, and sometimes even totally evade paying taxes, right? Many times when people hear the word taxes, what is the first thought that comes to your mind? Nuisance, unfair, why am I paying this? Where's all that money going? Typically not positive thoughts. So last year, the government collected $4.9 trillion of tax revenue. That was in 2022. How much is 4.9 trillion? To put this in perspective, 4.9 trillion seconds is equal to 155,271 years. Okay. So it's probably fair to ask, where is all that money going? And the answer is Social Security, healthcare, uh, the defense and military, energy. And I guess if you really want to know, you can search for the budget of the US government fiscal year 2023, and it pops right up, and it's probably about an 80-page document. I have read a lot of it. If you're bored at night, you can't fall asleep. That's a good read for you. So I wanted to mention one more thing about our current tax rate environment, and I'm not sure if this will make you feel much better, or it may even scare you, but our taxes right now are generally historically low. Okay, Our top federal tax bracket right now is 37%. To put that in perspective, from 1944 until about 1964, it was over 90%. So we're at 37%. Taxes then were over 90%. Now, I know there was a world war and we had some debts to pay off, but imagine making $10,000 in a paycheck and you owe $9,000 to taxes. That's just crazy to me. And, And then it dropped quickly, by the way, for the next 20 years to get ready for this. 70%. So I would take 37% over 90% or 70% as far as paying taxes goes. So because of the confusion and complexity around taxes, we are going to do a three-part series. First, an episode on how to help you get your taxes in order and get organized. That's what this episode is about. A second episode on some frequently asked questions that we get. And then an episode on tax planning for next year. And that episode will include some common action items to take for the year and how to potentially avoid some costly mistakes that we see and do some actual tax planning rather than tax prep. Okay. And I need to say this, these episodes are not tax advice. 
rather just tax information. We do not give tax advice. This is the compliance part. <laughs> but we can give you the old, hey, you should talk to your accountant about this or this and maybe this. How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. Let's start with what we call our tax prep checklist. And I'll say this again later in the episode, but if you want a copy of it, just reach out to us at info at sixpointfp.com or find us on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's a pretty extensive tax prep checklist but I'm a huge fan of checklists, a huge fan of the details. And much of this, once it is done, you will be all set for tax years going forward as well. This actually reminds me of when we're, we tell somebody to go update their will or their estate plan. And everybody says, yeah, I know I should do that. I meant to take care of that. It's kind of like this. If you just do this, it's a, maybe a weight off your shoulders. It makes the tax day much easier. I know that every year I take several days and prep our own taxes because we're running a business and to have a checklist in front of me helps tremendously. And I'd be more than happy to share that copy with you. So, and again, it's going to sound like this with many things, but I already said this. Once you set it up, it's all set going forward. When most people are preparing to do or file taxes, I mean, we're in a last minute scramble. You know what I'm talking about? To gather what you can. Okay. So you're running around. Where's my W-2? Where's that 1099? Do we have mortgage interest? Like, let, Let's get everything together at the last second and deliver that to the accountant. So we, we think this checklist will help alleviate much of the scrambling. Okay, I want you to think of this as going to an accountant or a firm that you have never been to before. Pretend that you have never met the person preparing your taxes. What would they want to have? Or if you do it yourself, imagine changing the software program. And you need to re-enter everything. Okay, so let's get into that. First, it's basic general information. Okay, your name, spouse's name, children or dependents' names, dates of birth, clearly listed on a page. That's it. Copies of the social security cards for each of you and your spouse. Copies of the driver's license, the front and back for you and your spouse. And copy of birth certificates for each of your dependents and children. And you. That alone, you might already be thinking, well, wow, I don't even have those simple things in any organized place or system. That's okay. That's why we're doing this. And those are the things. Once you do it once, you should be all set. Uh, most people are not changing birth certificates, right? And if you are, you're probably not paying taxes. So then we need to get our bank account information. That's the account number and routing number, which we want if you are getting a refund. A common question here, and I was going to save this for the next episode, would be, it just makes sense right now, I guess, is how long will it take to get my refund? Assuming, and this is right off of the IRS website, assuming no issues, I quote, IRS issues tax refunds in less than 21 calendar days after IRS receives the tax return. The IRS has an online tool, quote, where's my tax refund, end quote. 
at www.irs.gov that will provide the status of a tax refund using the taxpayer's social security number, filing status, and refund amount. That's the end quote of that whole thing. So you should get a refund within 21 days of filing your taxes. So for the listeners who do not get a refund, most of you will not file your taxes until the last possible moment. And that's what most business owners do. And that's mostly so you can hold on to your money that you owe the government. Why wouldn't we hold on to it instead of them? I do have a few people that can't wait to get their taxes done and and pay their bill, I guess. But those are very few and rare. Uh, Okay. So the next item on the checklist that you want is last year's tax return. Okay. Everything that we've talked about so far, and I'm trying to go through this quickly. I don't want to read you a checklist that, that will be more boring than tax information already is, but everything that we've reviewed, talked about is basic information with the exception of last year's tax return. Everything else you only have to do once, okay? The bank account information, unless you change banks, all of your general information and and the other things that I mentioned. So I'm going to quickly go through the next piece, which are tax documents that you receive after the tax year. These are things like records of estimated payments, Again, if you make estimated payments, then your W-2 and a pay stub. Okay, so estimated payments, if you make them, if you get a W-2, then we want a copy of your pay stub. And what is a W-2? That might be another common question. And it was established by the Tax Payment Act of 1943, basically as an effort to withhold taxes at the source. Okay, I think the government got sick of going after everybody for their taxes And they said, we're just going to eliminate that and we're going to issue this form and the taxes will come directly to us rather than going to the people first. Okay. And before that, because people had to pay on their own, right? The government found it much easier to collect as people were paid, therefore not delaying the payments that they would receive. Okay. So you should have your W-2 from your employer by January 31st. We get that question a lot. When, When will I get mine? Well, they have to get it to you by January 31st, barring crazy circumstances. And the second part of that was the pay stub. This is very handy for an accountant to be able to verify some numbers and also for an advisor. So as a financial advisor, when we see a pay stub, we can almost, almost always find something on there to add value to our clients. And whether it's claiming strategies, increasing or decreasing retirement accounts, different benefits you may be able to take advantage of. And some other options. It's very common for us to be able to easily help people once we see a simple pay stub. A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. So that's enough for the W-2. But after the W-2, we have 1099s. And there are several types of 1099s. So bear with me through this. What is a 1099? It's it's a form or series of forms that the IRS basically refers to as information returns. So again, there are a number of different 1099s. Some common examples might be, we get this question a lot. Hey, Dave, if I made this amount, do I have to claim it? If you earn more than $600 in non-employee compensation from a person or a business who isn't typically your employer. So you got 600 bucks from somebody who is not your employer. You should receive a 1099 NEC, it's called. Okay. If you receive $600 or more in rent, 
or royalty payments, you should receive Form 1099 miscellaneous. If you receive a state or tax local tax refund during the previous year, you get a 1099G. Many of you know this. There's a 1099INT. That's for interest, typically on bank accounts or fixed investments, right? There's also a 1099DIV. That's for dividends. So payments from your investments that are after-tax money. So you can see that the, most 1099 forms like W-2s, by the way, are d- also due by January 31st. So we, d- we do see delays in many of the 1099s from certain fund managers or companies. And we've seen some take weeks after January 31st, and that may be normal. We get a lot of questions on that. If, it's, if it gets to the middle of February and people have not received their 1099s, we get a lot of people saying, hey, where's my 1099? And then it's the advisor's job to at least inform them, but maybe even get after that fund manager to say, hey, get, get us what we need so our clients can file their taxes. So in this case, it, by the way, if you're in a hurry to get your taxes done, your advisory team or fund manager may be able to get you a rough draft. And usually these are very accurate, but if there are any large changes, you will want to correct that on your actual filing, obviously. Okay. So by the way, that is just page one of the checklist, all of those things. But as you go through them one by one and check them off, I'm telling you folks, it makes you feel good. And then we're done on to page two. So this is, this checklist is a front and a back. It's only two pages, but this probably gets way too in depth for this podcast, but it covers everything from owning rental properties to other income and losses, dental and health insurance. You get some credits, some charitable donations, some medical, home ownership documents. And even under those, those are just categories. There are subcategories with the checklist. So we really wanted to get this out to the listeners to know, obviously, this is an extensive list. And we want to be detailed where we need to be and make sure nothing or very little falls through the cracks. Okay. Once you go through this list and check it off, 99.9% of people out there are not doing this. You will be very, very organized. You'll feel good about it. And and honestly, I'll stop there because (laughs) it's my belief that very few people can handle listening to tax information for any longer than this. Okay. And our next episode will cover some frequently asked questions that we hear. Also questions that we hear from our CPA friends and questions that they get. I'm happy to answer those. And as I promised at the start of this episode, if you're still with us and want a copy of our tax checklist, just reach out to info at sixpointfp.com. Find us on Facebook or LinkedIn. You can find me, David Pulsini, on LinkedIn and just ask for the tax prep checklist. We think it's a great tool. But for now, folks, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners.
It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.